Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. Um, it happened in the training. I, I've always been a firm believer that if you don't enjoy the training, you, you need to enjoy the process. You know, the race is so small compared to all of the training that you put into it in the process beforehand. And, and people just don't get that. People, you know, family, uh, maybe they know, in, you know, in my world, they're like, oh my God, you ran a marathon. I'm like, where were you four months ago? I've been doing this for months. It's, I've been training. Sun, Sun Tzu, Art of War, every battle's won before it's fought. I mean, it's, I, same thing applies to ultra running and, and marathoning and any kind of endurance sport. Check out trainingforultra.com. I have a training for ultra wrap now available on those questionably cold days, I always wrap it around my wrist. I always have it available because you can just throw it over your face, keep you warm on those uh, days where your run gets cold all of a sudden. Highly recommend wraps for basically all ultras. You can also use them on the really hot days to put ice in them, but they're available now. They're 10 bucks, free shipping within the United States. Check it out. I have a few available. And that was a moment I, I can look back on now. And uh, that was one of my favorite moments, getting a foot massage by Hayden at mile 62. This is um, a fan of yours, and I'm just calling in to express my admiration. It's Dean Carnassus, the ultra marathon man. Hello, listeners. This is Chris Mako, and we are live. And you're listening to Training for Ultra podcast. This is Anime Flynn, and I'm here talking to Training for Ultra podcast. Yeah, it's like really, I just need to catch up with Rob. 100 miles is not that far. <laughs> I, I thought oh. it was a joke, actually. It, it is. I thought it was one of your jokes, yeah. It is a joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. <That's> so classic. <laughs> oh my god, you because literally thing would be like beep, beep, beep. Mother, mother, beep. Mother, mother, beep, beep. Mother, beep, mother, beep, 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 beep. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Training for Ultra Podcast. I'm Sally McRae, also known as Yellow Runner. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra Podcast. Welcome to episode 115 of the Training for Ultra Podcast. My name is Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. And we have a unique episode. We have Greg Rutchick, who has made a donation to the 401k for cancer research for pediatric cancer research. And this is the Hayden Hawks charity podcast. It's a unique way of um, speaking with Hayden. I think he shares some stuff that maybe you never knew about him. It's really, I mean, we had some really great training talk, UTMB, Western States talk, but then you get to know Hayden, the person a little bit better. So I liked it. It was unique. And uh, Greg asked some really great questions. He was an awesome co-host. So thank you to him. Thank you to the Patreon supporters. You guys are awesome. This morning, I left you a two-minute snippet of some inspiration, trying something new there. <laughs> I have totally lost the fear of failure at this point. I'm, I'm doing all kinds of crazy ideas here, experimenting behind the scenes. But yeah, thank you to the show sponsors, Hammer Nutrition, Sufferfest Beer, Exoskin, Destination Trail, and Ultimate Direction. Exoskin, I'm going to leave some unique, I think it's a coupon code, in the show notes, so check those out. I'll try to leave a link there, um, along with a link to the book. And Yeah, but I, I appreciate Hammer Nutrition. 
they redid their website. So you actually have to sign up for like a username, go through that process first, but then a referral code 252888, you'll save 15% off your first order. Sufferfest beer, excited to pick some up maybe this weekend, I'm thinking. Um, yeah, they have national distribution now. So I know we've all been waiting for it. Check out their website for the nearest retailer. It's a pretty good little map, and you can see exactly where they carry it and where they don't. Exoskin, like I said, I'll have a uh, unique coupon code for you guys. I think they might have a holiday sale coming up or something to that effect, but I use their socks all the time, calf sleeves, base layers. I'm a fan. Ultimate Direction, they've been a great supporter actually just wore their jacket on a uh, training run the other day. They they have all they have a whole line of clothing. Um, they have awesome packs and it's not just ultra running packs. They have um, some design for like hikes, hiking and biking, rock climbing, like they have a ton of cool gear, water bottles, so check out Ultimate Direction and then Destination Trail, Crystal, Candice, their whole team they put on races of all distances, but yeah, the Triple Crown is selling like crazy this year. I think uh, I think there's already 60 people signed up for it, which is like double what it was this year. So check that out. I mean, it sounds like the Triple Crown's filling up quickly, but yeah, they have... I know I talk about Bigfoot, Tahoe, and Moab. They do have more races than that, and then different distances. They've been a big supporter. Appreciate them. Enjoy this episode great to meet you yeah yeah i'm i'm super excited seriously you you made a big difference in the charity donations and i am seriously appreciative so hopefully we can have fun here we get to talk to hayden hawks hey how's it going how's it going hayden good how's everyone doing nice to meet you really good we're 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 joined by Greg. He was the uh, winner of the charity episode for both you and for Courtney DeWalter. Um, oh, awesome! Cool. So, so he's he's just been a huge supporter of the four hundred one k for cancer research for pediatric cancer. And Greg, thank you so much for joining us. It's a it's a blessing what you do and and what you did for this very very important terrible disease Um, you educated me and uh, I'm glad to help I appreciate it I mean it's cool like this this will be really fun Um, Hayden and I have become pretty good friends honestly like especially after western states having to be basically (laughs) like uh, bunk bed buddy (laughs) so um, we're we're both out there for Matt Daniels and uh, yeah Hayden's a really good guy and yeah, he's super talented. So, Greg, as we chat with Hayden, I mean, just ask whatever you want. Like, if you're wanting to hear about a certain topic, just feel free to jump in. And you're you're my co-host for for this episode and okay. for Cor- for Courtney's episode. Um, just feel free. Well, let me I just mean, ask a quick yeah. Hey, let me just ask a quick question. You didn't also massage Rob's feet, did you? <laughs> no, no, I wish. Maybe next time. <laughs> I invited him out to Moab to do that, but he yeah, was busy. Yeah, he did, actually, yeah. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to thank you, too. Thank both of you for, for doing this as well for cancer. I don't know if you know, but my, uh, my brother-in-law actually passed away from cancer about uh, three years ago. He was 23 years old. And he fought cancer for seven years and, uh, 
yeah, you know, he, it was really hard, you know, seeing him go through all the treatments and, and everything and, oh you know, but he, he fought super hard. And, and if it wasn't for people like you guys, you know, I don't think that my, uh, my in-laws and, and, and they would have been able to afford, you know, all the treatments and, and be able to get through it all. I mean, so it's just pretty incredible. Like, I don't know if you've seen, but me and my wife, actually, we, uh, we started, a a charity run for cancer as well this year to support um, people fighting cancer in our community here in Cedar City, Utah. And we were able to raise a good amount of money for that as well and uh, put it towards this family to to help them, you know, and their son's fighting cancer right now. And so, yeah, I really appreciate it. You know, it's something that's really dear to me and and dear to my family. And uh, yeah, we, I just really appreciate all you guys do. So this is, this is Ashley's older brother. Uh, her younger brother, actually. Yeah. So she was, she's two years older. His name was Eric, Eric Gray. And she, she, so she was two years older than Eric. They were pretty much best friends, you know, throughout childhood. I mean, they went to high school together. They hung out with each other. They had mutual friends and yeah, so it was really hard on her, you know, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a blessing, you know, having everybody support the family and, and we got, many, many charitable donations, um, towards, you know, for him and for the family. And, and it was just amazing, you know, all the support that, that people give with, with not just in, within the running community, but just the whole entire community. And yeah, we're, it's something that, uh, you know, we, we hate cancer, you know, cause it, it took our brother away from us, but it's, uh, something people have to deal with and, you know, we can fight it the best that we can. So very frightening, very so- frightening. Greg, I got to ask you, are you a runner? Are you an ultra runner? I, well, um, I've cumulatively run three marathons in 12 months, but I am not. Uh, so I've run past a marathon distance, but I'm not yet an ultra runner. I am, I ran three marathons, uh, in this 12 month cycle, just cool. finished the Ventura marathon. Awesome. And, um, I got hooked on ultra running by listening to Candace Burt's podcast. And then I learned about you. Oh, cool. Uh, and, and I bought your book and I read your book. And, uh, so I, my wife is a runner and I started running because of my wife, but unfortunately my wife has taken ill. Um, and I'm running for her. So, um, not about me but i thought i would just tell you that no that's that's huge i mean i think so i'm a runner i'm a runner awesome yeah that is awesome um you you really wanted to talk to both hayden and courtney um so i want to open it up to you greg i want this to be your time i mean take 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 the reins and uh yeah i i'll take a back seat i want to hear you guys yeah and uh, and you know you know, it's, 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 I mean, Hayden, it's such a personal, you know, we're married, both married guys. And, um, I listened to you talk about your wife and, and she of course is a runner also. Yes, she is. Um, you know, I, um, you know, I wonder, I wonder about your training relationship. You're not, you're not each other's coaches, but I'm sure you coach each other. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about, how you motivate each other, uh, when things are difficult. I mean, you obviously helped her and you're still helping her because the pain of her loss of her brother is forever, but how did maybe you'd share a little bit about that and running? 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, my wife's amazing. I mean, she is so amazing. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be an ultra runner. I wouldn't be a runner in general if it wasn't for my wife. Um, I, I don't know if I've shared this story with you before, Rob, but one of the when I first ran Speedgo and won that race in, in my debut 50K, um, my wife actually worked for me that day. So I, uh, <laughs> I was I remember working at the, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was working at the, the local running store in St. George, and I had a shift that day. And, you know, because I decided the day before that I was going to run this race, and I called everybody, and I couldn't get anybody to cover my shift at the running store. Everybody was either out of town or, or something was going on. And my wife, being a runner and, and knowing running, I turned to her and I said, Ashley, like, because I was the manager and I probably wasn't supposed to do this. And the, the owner <laughs> was probably a little like, really? Like you had your wife work for you, but because she didn't work at the store. But I asked her, I said, hey, you're a runner. You understand shoes. I mean, you understand the running community. Like, would, would you work for me for so I could go up and run this race? And, and I said, I just really feel like I need to go do this race. And uh, she kind of wow. at first was like, uh, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, like, would you be willing to do that? And she's like, yeah, for sure. Like, if you feel like this is what you need to do and you feel like this is going to really catapult your career and help us as a, as a couple, then, then yeah, let's, I'll do it for you. No problem. And so she went and actually worked for me at the store that day. It was the only day she's ever worked at the store. And, and, but she, yeah, she went and worked and, uh, I was able to go up and run the Speedgo 50 K and, and I promised her, I said, Ashley, if you win this or if you work for me, I will win this race and, and I'll bring home the prize money and hopefully get a contract out of this. And uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was ever going to happen, but it was it was wow. a, it was a hope and a dream. And uh, she said, OK, yeah, I support you. And like I support you in anything you do, Hayden, like I'll always be there for you. And and uh, it just meant a lot to me because, you know, I was able to win. I was able to get a contract. I mean, that kind of catapulted my whole career. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have had that happen. You know, and it's countless times she's done that for me. I mean, I've had some some times in my career over the last three years where I've had some times where it was just dark. Like, you know, I had to drop out of a race or I just blew up in a race. And, and I had, you know, people writing articles on Twitter and stuff saying that I was going to be a burnout and, and that. I would never make it in this sport and different things like that. And, and my wife was always there to just tell me, you know, like that she was a believer in me and she had faith in me and she loved me no matter what. And, and that those people didn't know what they were talking about. And so if it wasn't for her, I would never be who I am today because she's just constantly lifted me up throughout my career, throughout my life. And, uh, and, you know, I, and I feel like I've, I've hopefully done the same for her and, you know, we're a team, you know, we, we work together and that's what makes it so awesome is, is having a teammate who you can always rely on and, and, and always trust and such a genuine person that you can always just turn to and, and talk to. And, and that's really what my wife is to me. She, she's everything to me. I mean, I, I love her unconditionally and, and it's, uh, it's just amazing to have her in my life. Wow. What a beautiful statement. Um, I'm glad we recorded that because, you know, I'm sure you told her that in different ways. I mean, it's just, just beautiful what you just said. Um, I would say the same about my wife. Um, I, um, take me back if you would, what did you guys meet? I mean, I know, I know, uh, for listeners, um, you know, you're a Utah guy and, uh, 
you're, you know, a Zion National Park native, but where, where did you guys meet and where is she geographically from? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm from St. George, Utah. My wife's from Cedar City, Utah, which is actually where we live now. Okay. We live in, in Cedar City. I know that, yeah. Yep. So yeah, Cedar City is a, a town in southern Utah. It's at six thousand feet elevation. It's a it's a nice little mountain town up here, kind of in the high desert of Utah, and it's an awesome place to live. But yeah, so we met at the university here in Cedar City at Southern Utah University. Um, she uh, she was from here. She went to Cedar High School. She got a scholarship. Um, I actually so so we're we're both members of of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and so we we grew up. You know, and I went on a mission. Um, I left and went on a, on a two-year mission in Alabama, um, served in Alabama for two years, no running during that time, just uh, serving people and, and doing a lot of you wow. know, ch- charity work and stuff down there in Alabama. Um, are you not then, allowed to run? Sorry to interrupt. No, yeah, go ahead. Are you not Are you not allowed to run? Were you not allowed to run, or did you just make the choice that it wasn't appropriate? Um. So you're, you're allowed 30 minutes of exercise every morning. You know, when, when you're, when you're okay. out there as a missionary, your job as a missionary is, is not only to just share, you know, the gospel and your beliefs, but your job is to do a lot of, of charity work. Like I helped build houses while I was out there. I, uh-huh. I did a lot of tornado cleanup because there was a massive tornado that hit Alabama and I did a lot of tornado cleanup. You know, I was mowing people's lawns every day and just doing a ton of different charity work down there in Alabama for two years. And, uh, and yeah, you're allowed 30 minutes of exercise in the morning every day, but it's at six o'clock in the morning. So you got to wake up yep. and you get from six to six thirty. you get 30 minutes. And, uh, so I would, I would try to run if I could, but, but also the other thing as a missionary is you're, you're supposed to be with your companion or the, the guy that you're, that you're partnered with down there at all times. Um, you know, you guys are a team, you know, you guys do everything together. And so if, if your companion or your partner doesn't want to run, the poor guy, poor guy trying to, poor guy trying to keep up with Hayden. Hawks. Keep up with, yeah. Did that, I, did you even I, try? I mean, did you like yeah, take someone I, here a pair of shoes? I did actually a couple times. So I, I, uh, I had a, a guy who I was with down there who was, uh, a rugby player from New Zealand and he actually played for the all blacks. Um, oh. and when he was down in New Zealand and then he ended up going on and he, uh, he played football at BYU and then he, he ended up just, uh, finishing up a career with the Chicago bears. He played in the NFL. And so oh, he was, yeah. he was guy. a really athletic dude and he was like, yeah, I need to keep in shape. I need to keep in shape for rugby and football. And, and, uh, and so I would try to drag him out, but he was, he was like a big dude, right? Like he was you know, two, two sixty or something. And like six foot three, I don't even know what he was, but anyways, uh, I would drag him out of the room every morning and, and we would make it about a mile. And then he would be like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. So we turned back and then I would just run up and down the road for the next like 15 minutes. Like there was like a hundred meter road that we lived, lived on. And, and I would just run up and down as many times as I could for like 15, 20 minutes or whatever it was. And he would lay on the, the lawn and watch me. Um, Complaining. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, you know, how old were you, Hayden, during this? Uh, so I, I did it between uh, – I was 19 when I started and from 19 to 21 years old. Interesting. Yep. And so, incredible. Yeah, I, I did have a bike. So we, we rode bikes a lot down there. So I was able to bike a lot. Like I was – 
I was riding upwards of some days I was riding a hundred miles a day on the bike, you know? And so, yeah, I, I was able to keep in relatively good fitness. Um, but I did end up, I ran a 10 K when I was out there in Alabama. I remember this was local 10 K that I decided to sign up for. And my partner, he actually, he followed me on a bike and during the 10 K and I ended up running like 36 minutes for the 10 K and it just absolutely destroyed me. I mean, I, I outkicked, uh, like this, like, uh, this high school, uh, girl runner who was like, she was good. I mean, she was, she was like state champion in Alabama, but I remember us, we were just coming to the finish line at the end and I'm just like, I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to lose. And, and I, I barely outkicked her at the end, but she gave me a run for my money. And it was like, yeah, I, I wasn't in the best shape, but I, I tried my hardest and, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a time in my life that I, I would never take away because I, I just learned so much. I mean, I, I grew up so much. I learned what it meant to be an adult and I, I, I learned what it meant to serve other people. And it's just, it's a time in my life that I, I cherish because of the things that I learned, you know, and, and, uh, you know, running's great, but running can be a very selfish sport sometimes. And I learned to not be selfish during that time. And it, it's really helped me throughout my whole entire life and, and my career in running. So that's beautiful. It's beautiful. How, how, how would you, it, beautiful, right, Rob? Yeah. I was just thinking 36 minutes for a 5k is also, uh, I'm totally kidding. Was that your first crude race with uh, your partner on a bike? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess so, yeah. You didn't get DQ'd for that? Um. No. Good thing it was a, a local race in Gadsden, Alabama, if, if anybody knows where that is. but <laughs> Go ahead, Greg. Sorry it, to it's there, you know, it's, it's, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting you talk about being in service, but what strikes me from what you just said is the competitive aspect that you have. Um, I mean, I, you said a lot of things which were really impressed me, you know, learning how to be an adult. And I think now that you're a professional runner, um, mixing the competitive, the need to win or the desire to win, and what you've always talked about, you know, the love of the trail. Um, and your your how you love to just find peace out on the trail. You have to have the proper mix of those things in order to be successful as an adult and to be a successful professional runner, wouldn't you say? Oh, for sure, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to. It's balance. You know, life's all about balance. You know, uh, like I always say, you know, I'm a I'm a professional ultra runner, and I take it seriously. You know, I'm very very committed to my my profession. I'm very committed to my training. And I want to be the best, you know, I want to be the best that I can possibly be as a, as a runner. And, and, but, but I am not a runner first, you know, running is, is fourth or fifth in my life. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a husband, I am a father, you know, I am a man of faith, you know, those things come before my running, you know, but, but I, I try to balance it all. You know, I, I try to be a father when, when I'm a father, I am a father, you know, when I am a husband, I am a husband, when I am a runner, I am a runner. You know, and I, and I, I try to make sure that I, I structure that properly. So I, so, you know, so I can have that balance in my life. Cause I think balance is just so important and you need to be more than a runner. You know, I, I know there's a lot of guys out there that are in, and gals that are just 
full-time professional runners. And, and people always talk about how that that's kind of hard to be just a full-time professional runner. Um, but I am a full-time professional runner, but I'm not just a full-time professional runner because I'm a dad, you know, I'm a coach, I'm a husband. And so having all of those things balance me just makes me to be able to excel as a full-time professional runner. And if it wasn't for those things, I, I don't think I would make it. And I would probably struggle like a lot of other people do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very important to me to, to have that balance in my life. And, but, but I am very competitive, you know, and I, I enjoy competing. I, I think competition is very, very healthy and I think it's good for you to, to compete and, and to try to compete at a high level and, and reach your full potential, you know, and, and I, again, my, my mission helped me learn all of this because, it helped me learn structure. You know, as a missionary, you wake up at six o'clock every day, you get 30 minutes of exercise, you study for two hours, and then you're out all day, you know, from the rest of the day till nine o'clock at night. And you better be home right at nine o'clock because I mean, that's curfew. You are home at nine o'clock, you are in bed by 10 o'clock, and then you do the same thing every single day for two years. You know, you only get to call your family twice a year. You know, you only wow. get to email your family once a week and you're only allowed on the computer for one hour, you know, to, to do that email. And so everything is very structured and, but it was good. I learned how to be structured and I learned a lot of very good life lessons that have helped me to keep that balance in my life. It's, it's a lot like the military. Um, but it's, it's different than the military, of course, but it is a lot like the military. And, and I learned so much from that, that I, that I'm just so grateful for. And it's all kind of transitioned into my running and, and, to make me who the runner I am today. What happens when things don't go well though? I mean, I, um, watched you, um, you may, you may already know where I'm going with this, but you know, I watched you and, and others go to the UTMB, which is such a big goal. I've skied in those mountains. They're just talk about God. Uh, (laughs) what is it? What do you do? You know, how do you, what parts of your training do you fall back on when things don't go right? And you have to make the decision that you did to go to UTMB to try for it and then maybe not achieve what you would hope to achieve. Yeah. I mean, I always just look at it like I would have never known if I actually enjoyed that type of race, if I never would have signed up for that race. You know, I, I put myself into that position to see, if I actually enjoyed running mountainous hundred mile races, you know, if I enjoyed hiking around the Alps, you know, I enjoy hiking around the Alps, yep. but, but I enjoyed in a, in a race atmosphere. And, and so, yep. yeah, putting myself into that position and finding out who I truly am and if I really enjoy it. And, and I found out, you know, eh, at this point in my life, I like running, you know, I like to run fast. I like to go out there and, and do rolling hills where I can just really hammer a really hard pace and having that breakup of, of hiking and then ha- running a little bit and then hiking again for a couple hours and then running a little bit, I didn't like that. I didn't like that, that change in pace so much and that, that break from running. You know, I like going out there and just and hammering it and, and trying to reach my fullest potential as a runner. You know, that's, that's my background. I'm, I'm a runner. But I would have never known that if I wouldn't put myself into that position. I think that's, it's so important that you don't beat yourself up if you have a bad race. But you learn yep. from it, you know, you learn, yep. you take things out of every bad race and, 
it's just like life. You take things out of bad experiences, life, and you try to become a better person from it. And you try to learn who you truly are from it. You know, that's what the purpose of this life is to learn who we truly are. And I, you know, I, I have a grandfather who's, you know, 75 years old. He's still learning. And, uh, you know, and I Young think that, grandfather. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it's important to uh, to always be learning throughout your entire life, and and to not beat yourself up just because you have one bad performance, you know. And it's yeah. uh, I think I think Courtney DeWalter actually talking about her earlier. I think she's a prime example of this. You know, she she don't care what other people think of her. She don't care, you know, if somebody writes an article that says this or that about her. She don't care what she. I mean, she does she does her, and she does what she wants to do. And if that means, you know, she's going to run UTMB and then go do the 24 hour championships two months later, she's going to do it because that inspires her. And that, that is what really makes her want to be a runner. And I think that's awesome. You know, she, she had to drop out of Western States, but then she bounces back and wins UTMB, you know, a little less than two months later. And, and, you know, if you don't forget about it and if you don't learn from your mistakes, you would never be able to do something like that. And I think it's just so important that uh, that we don't look at at dropouts and bad performances as as terrible things anymore. Like we start we stop you know really tearing people down for doing that for dropping out of a race or for for having a bad day because those are actually good days in that person's life because they are learning so much from that experience. That's that's exactly what I say. Like, as long as you DNF and learn something, it's not a bad race. Like, if you're DNFing and not learning anything, then that actually is a, a horrible situation to find yourself in. But uh, that that's perfect, Aiden. Greg, just keep going. I mean, I think I'm going to probably yeah, I mean, just hand over all of uh, all of my future podcasts to you. You're you're asking great questions, so. Well, you know, I think about you, Rob, and, you know, your, you talked about your A goal, the Triple Crown from, I mean, gosh, I, I don't know if it was last winter, but, <laughs> you know, then you had this full year of, you had this full year of races. And I remember, um, I don't remember if it was bad water. Um, you basically uh, had a race which you had to not continue. Yeah, Georgia Death Race. I, yeah. Georgia death race. And, um, you know, I wonder if, if, if Hayden and, and Rob, you would each maybe just give us a moment. You know, I, I think about, I came into mile 21. It, it was easy up to then. And granted a marathon is only 5.2 miles more for me, but you know, I had to do this internal inventory, you know, you know, yeah, my hip flexors hurt and, what was my energy level? Maybe you each could take, take us, you know, maybe Hayden, if you don't want to, if I would love for you to just tell me where at the UTMB it was that you thought about this and made the decision and Rob, maybe in your Georgia death race, I know you've talked about it on your podcast, there's moments where you've got to make this internal dialogue a little different than it was, um, and check in and make decisions that are maybe, maybe takes you to a place which is not finishing the race. Aiden, do you want to start? Aiden? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. Um, it happened in the training. I, I've always been a firm believer that if you don't enjoy the training, you, you need to enjoy the process. You know, 
the race is so small compared to all of the training that you put into it in the process beforehand. And, and people just don't get that people, you know, family, uh, maybe they know, in, you know, in my world, they're like, Oh my God, you ran a marathon. I'm like, where were you four months ago? I've been doing this for months. It's, I've been training. Sun, Sun Tzu, art of war, every battle's won before it's fought. I mean, it's, I, same thing applies to ultra running and, and marathoning and any kind of endurance sport. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's how I set my goals, to be honest with you. I set my goals on, am I going to enjoy the training leading up to this race? You know, and if, if I know that, you know, running a hundred mile road race, I, I know that I'm going to have to do a ton of miles on the road. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to do like 40 mile long runs on the road. And I'm like, does that sound fun to me? No, it doesn't sound fun to me. Not at this point in my life. And so, no, I'm not going to sign up for that race. Well, I kind of, to be honest with you, I kind of got into the pressure of UTMB. You know, UTMB is, is pushed so much, you know, who's going to be the first American male to win UTMB, you know, is, is always the headline and everything. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of stress that go into, I, I had no pressure from sponsors, but there's a lot of pressure from the media and from people and, and, you know, winning CCC, I had a lot of pressure and I gave into it. I, I gave into that. I knew that I wasn't going to enjoy the training for UTMB because I don't like going out and, and hiking, you know, for hours and hours and hours. I, I just don't, I, I don't really enjoy that. You know, I like going on small hikes with my family, but I'm just not a, a guy who likes using poles and, and hiking around the mountains all day. And that's the type of training that you have to do for UTMB. And so to answer your question of, of when I knew that it just wasn't for me, it was during the training. When I was training for UTMB, I just was not enjoying my days. You know, like I would, I would get a, I would get a, a I would schedule a day and it'd be like, you know, oh, you need to do 30 miles today with 10,000 feet of vert or whatever, 12,000 feet of vert. And I'm just like, I would get anxiety to be honest with you. I'd get anxiety and just be like, Oh man, I do not want to do this. And I would, and I would push it off and push it off and push it off the entire day till I finally was like, okay, get out the door. Let's go do this. This is going to get you ready for UTMB. But I just didn't, I didn't enjoy that. I, I found no love in the training. And I, I knew kind of going into the race that the chances of me enjoying that race was probably pretty low. I was trying to, to fight it off and I was trying to be positive about it. But I, I just knew that I probably wouldn't enjoy it because of the amount of hiking and, and just the time that it would take and running through the night. I just I don't enjoy that type of stuff. And and I think everybody's got to come to that realization in their life. You know, at some point, what do you enjoy to do and what are you going to enjoy to train for? Because life is too short to sit there and and do things that you don't want to do and that you just dread doing all the time. And, and if you do that, that causes burnout. Usually if you're just dreading training and and dreading racing, these races that you don't enjoy to do, um, it's not to say that I don't enjoy a hundred miles. I mean, I'm going to run a hundred miles like a Western States absolutely intrigues me because I can train the way I want to train for that race. And I can run pretty much the entire thing. Um, but just the type of race that UTMB is, it, it doesn't necessarily intrigue me. And I, I knew that going in. I mean, I couldn't agree more from middle of the pack at best. I mean, it's, and I, I've been trying to, I'm hearing some reverb. I don't know if someone has a mic. Are you guys both on uh, headphones or? Yeah. 
Okay. Greg, are you I, still on there? headset. I just muted. I muted while he was talking. Maybe that's what you heard. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I was hearing feedback. I think it's gone now. Is it I think better? we're good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're good. Okay. Um, so for, uh, I mean, I couldn't agree more with what Hayden said, even from like middle of the pack at best, like, and, and that's something I've been saying from day one, you know, enjoy your training. It's key. So for my Georgia death race, I'll be honest. I don't even know if I've really shared this before, but you know, recording my audiobook took 80 hours and borderline killed wow. me. Um, like I would have full weekends of like closing myself in a room and trying to record an audiobook. Um, so it was, and I, I joked with, uh, David Goggins, you know, out at Moab that I think it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Like I've, I've truly, there's no race that was more difficult, um, that I've accomplished than that audiobook. So I was a little out of shape and, uh, I was still in a good mood, but I, I took my whole family out to Atlanta. We flew out there. We almost missed our flight. Like, I think they're basically closing the plane door as we got on. Um, so, like, my stress levels were super high the day before the race. Um, but, I, you know, I was managing to, to get it together. Then I got lost. Then I got stuck behind this long train of people that just, I just couldn't get into flow. And then all of a sudden, these aid stations, like, they didn't have any food because I was, like, towards the very end of the pack. Um so I was used to having, you know, at least a slice of watermelon or something to alleviate whatever issue I was having. Um, but then I think I found myself, I don't know, with 15 miles to go, 10 miles to go, I think it was. And I had tried everything. I was bonking. My hydration was way off. It was the first race, only race I've ever had to try to make myself throw up. Cause my stomach just, I had to reset and I couldn't, I tried everything to get it to reset and it wouldn't. Um, and I was bonking out of my mind, climbing my pacer was basically borderline having to hold me up straight so I didn't fall off a mountain. And, uh, I missed that last check off that aid station, um, check in time. So yeah, it was, it sucked. I think if, I had more time, I would have finished it, but I think most importantly is having perspective. So, ha like, I always know there's going to be another race. Like, no race is that important to me that I'm going to make any kind of, like, vast, uh, like, massive decision. Um, I'm not going to be upset. And I always, I like having goals on the horizon, always. So no matter how bad the race goes that you're running right now or training for, like you always have something exciting on the horizon to train for, um, whether that's actually a race or, or whatever goal it is on the horizon, always look forward and just enjoy the present is what I'm concluding. So yeah, it was, it was a bad race, but when you look back, probably no one even remembers that I even raced Georgia death race, let alone that, you know, is a DNF. So I think, I think it's a big part of being an ultra runner. If you're not having an occasional DNF every year or two, like maybe set your goals a little higher. I don't know. Well, and some days are just going to well, be bad. Sure. Um, you know, some days are, you're just going to have a bad day and your body's just not going to react or maybe yeah. a little overtrained or something. And, 
and it's okay. Everybody has bad days. You know, there's this, there's this concept I feel like in our sport that you need to finish no matter what. And yeah, I, I think you, you should fight and you should try to finish most races, but it is okay to DNF sometimes if you, if you have to, you know, and everybody yeah. does it. I mean, Killian Jornet DNFs, you know, he DNF UTMB last year, you know, Courtney DeWalter's DNF, you know, Tim Tolson's DNF, Zach Miller's DNF, you know, Courtney came back and won UTMB after DNFing Western because of an injury and, and it's okay. You know, it's, it's okay to, to like, to do that as, as long as, I mean, you're doing it for the right reasons, of course, I feel like, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, and like you said, you had that perspective of like, okay, I'm going to go live to fight another day, you know, because I have bigger goals in mind and I, and maybe dropping out of this race can, can actually help me, you know, for future, you know, races and, you know, and it's, it's like, I, I feel like people beat people up in our sport because they DNF and we need to stop doing that because that's a, it's not right. You know, it's not yeah. right to, no, to totally beat people agree. up because they, they made a, a good, smart decision on that day. I and mean, come on, people. I, get a life. Like, beating people <laughs> up for life. DNF. Get like, you life. have you have like eight-year-old girl going through monthly chemo treatments. Like, really, yeah. like, we're out here because we choose to. We're all so fortunate. Like, regardless if you're the last finisher or you're like Hayden and winning every race, basically. Like, it doesn't matter. Um and honestly, I, I, just have I perspective, right. you know? I think the, the only, I mean, anybody who pushes themselves past their own limits to where they're just shaking, sick, there's, they don't have any question about the humanness of not finishing. I think what is, what is intriguing about what both of you said is how do you develop a good ability to listen to yourself. Obviously, not listening to the noise outside of you, but how do you learn to listen to yourself to be able to make the important self-preservation decisions? Oh, and we all have hard. these, yeah. you know? How do we, yeah. how do, you know, I mean, maybe I there's a time in your life, Rob, that you, you remember that you said, wow, I really hear myself and I know how to listen to myself. Well, I mean, that's, that's why I've had two years of injury-free running because, for instance, yesterday I had um, I was a little dehydrated. I felt like a sort of like a niggle behind my right knee, and Matt Daniels had me running for an hour, like for my training plan. I was like, "No, I'm I'm listening to my body. I'm going to be conservative because you get hurt doing that one hour of training. It's going to set you back for three months. Like it's just not That's right. like it's a risk reward. It's an easy easy thing, but yeah." I think those are the hard during a race is where experience starts paying off. Hayden can speak to this too, but knowing your brain is trying to trick you into thinking certain things, you just learn after enough times um, that like, no, your brain is tricking you to quit right now. So you ignore that voice. And then there's other times where your teeth are chattering and you are super, super cold, and you don't have a crew or pacer, and you're about to go, like, super hypothermic, and you have to make a tough call. And, I mean, you want to be tough. You don't want to give up, but you also want to live to race another race and be healthy. So I think it just takes some experience. But, yeah, I I think that's probably one of the biggest things I've learned over four years of running is, like, how to listen to my body. And this is mainly 
in training to know when to take a day off when your schedule says X amount of miles or your coach says this amount of time, like, uh, it's taken, it's taken a lot of injuries for me to listen acutely to, uh, listen to that, that pain and know if I'm making it up or making excuses or if this is real. So I don't know, Hayden, what do you think? Oh, a hundred percent, man. Like getting to know your inner voice, you know, getting to know who you are as a person is so key to becoming, um, an amazing athlete. You know, you look at a lot of the really fast, amazing athletes in the world today, and a lot of them have been doing it for, for years, you know, maybe they haven't like, for instance, me, I, I haven't been running ultra for long. I've been running ultra for three years, but I've been running for almost 15 years, you know, through cross country and track and field. And it just takes time. You know, you need to be patient and and learn who you are year after year, after year, after year. And, And you see a lot of like the best runners in the world have been doing it for a while because they have gotten, they've, they've, they've understood exactly what you said. They've gotten to know themselves. You know, they've gotten to know that inner voice. They know when to back off. They know when to, to make a, a good decision. And it, it makes a huge difference. You know, my, my best races have actually came after a bad race or a DNF. Um, and it's, hmm. it's crazy to think, but it, it does. I mean, this year I ran Trans Grand Canaria. You know, I, I ran Trans Grand Canaria in February and I had a hypernatremia issue, ended up having to drop out at 100K of 120 kilometer race. Three weeks later, I went and run, went in one chuck and 50k, you know, and then two weeks after that, I went and ran in one in 80k in China. That was one of the most stacked races in Asia, and you know, it's just. And then you know, my first year of running, I I blew up at Transvolcania, and then I blew up at World Championships, and then two months later, I was able to win CCC. And it's like some of my best performances have come after bad bad races or DNFs. Um, because I've learned from those experiences and I've, and I've gotten to learn that inner voice even more. Um, my coach, David Roche, he stresses this so much, you know, he doesn't give us exact paces to run. He doesn't give us exact mileage to run for the week because he wants you to get to know who you are as a person and make good decisions on your own. Because, you know, maybe I have scheduled 10 miles for a day, but maybe I only want to run six that day because I have something flaring up in my calf. And to make those decisions is very, very important. And it's the same thing I stress with my athletes that I coach as well. So I, I got to shift, Greg, I want to know, do you have a dream race or two? And then Hayden, what same question for you, but Greg, do you have a marathon, half marathon, ultra, like, do you have a dream race that you think about while you're out there, you know, putting in the training miles? I, I do. So I, um, so I ran, I want to run a marathon in every city I've lived in. And unfortunately I've lived in too many <laughs> cities. So I've got, I've got, I've got Tokyo to do. I've got Munich to do. Uh, I did New York, Los Angeles, Ventura, which is near where we spend many weekends. I'd like to run San Francisco. My dream race is one of Candace's races, you know, cool. destination uh, races or destination trails. The, the races she puts on, uh, I've watched through her lens and your lens, and those are dream races. Um, um, so, I mean, I'm, that's I, awesome. Hopefully I have a long. She yeah, has a lot of long. races. She has a lot of races that aren't 
240 miles, you know, like I've even thought honestly next year, I haven't shared this with anyone, but, uh, I was looking at the Bigfoot hundred K, um, as an option, like it was some of the most plush, amazing trail I've ever been on Washington state during the summer. Like I could win the lottery and, uh, live anywhere in the world. And I really want to spend one month, preferably a summer month in Washington state. It's like, just some of the most Beautiful amazing, thing. yeah, unbelievable. Um, but that's she that's really a, interesting. She has this Orcas Island race. I saw she I posted her videos of of her setting the tr- the trail markers. I think it was Orcas Island, and the views and the <laughs> topography of this. Uh, I've never been there. I've been eyeing I've that one. On <laughs> um, but uh, remind me though, Hayden. I want to come back to you about something you just said. So you guys go ahead with your next. You answer his question, Hayden, first. Yeah, Hayden, is there a race in June that you're interested in at all? Or <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly it. And my, my ultimate race is Western States. Uh, it's my dream race. Yeah. You know, it's it's just, uh, you know, it, it's what kind of got my, my interest in ultra running in the first place. I worked at a local running store in St. George, Utah. The guy that owns the store is from Sacramento. He spent his whole childhood uh, crewing and, and working at aid stations at Western States. And he would always talk about this race. You know, when I, when I worked there, when I, when I, I started working there when I was like 15 years old and, and he would just always talk about Western States, Western States, Western States. And I started researching what it was and it's just been my dream race for, for many years. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be on the starting line next June. I mean, that's, uh, I actually sat down with my coach, uh, a few uh, months ago and he said, you know, what is the race that, that you could see yourself just running every year if you could and, and, and finishing no matter what, and like what it truly, truly inspires you as a runner. And I said, Western States, you know, I, I will, I will always finish Western States as long as I'm healthy. And it's, it's just a race, like the atmosphere, the vibe, the people, I love that, that race. And uh, yeah, I hope to be on the starting line this year. I'd say that's that's a big one, and then um, there's a race out in Sweden that actually intrigued me a ton called Ultra Vasan, um, which Jim Walmsley won this year, and it's got a really prestigious. Maybe it might be the most prestigious course record in all of Europe, and it's a pretty flat, runnable, 90 kilometer race in Sweden, but also has a really cool vibe behind it, um, and it's a race that I've always wanted to go out and do. Well, Hayden, if I if I don't make the uh, Western States lottery, um, I'll I'll highly highly likely do a twenty twenty Western States film of you if you're interested. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome, man. It's hopefully going to be a good year, and um, the training this fall has been excellent. I mean, I am fitter than I've ever been in my life right now, and so hopefully that'll transition into a really good spring next year and i'll be ready and primed for western state so awesome i'll have to do some speed work to keep up with you with a camera um <laughs> greg what else do you have for for hayden any last maybe one or two questions for him well my 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 you know you mentioned before you know you're not just a runner and uh i wonder what maybe david roach coaches you to do internally would you share but but even even without getting too personal how do you translate that inner work into 
your self-talk? You know, what can you share? What, what, what can you share with us outside of your mind to make us better at the inner work we do for ourselves? Is there anything you would coach? If you were coaching me, maybe, yes. you know, <laughs> you were, if you were coaching me, maybe you would just take me through a quick, you know, coaching session about how would I, how would I begin to train myself in my inner dialogue? Anything you could give me? Yeah, for sure. Um, I like to give uh, just kind of a thing that you can actually put into your running every day. And then I'll talk about one other thing is, is I, I like to do no watch runs with my athletes. I think we are so stuck on, on Strava sometimes. And, you know, and I'm guilty of that. I post every day on Strava, but, but I think we get so stuck on Strava and social media and all these things all the time. And we're always worried about who's giving us kudos or who's going to comment on our run for that day and tell us that we're amazing and whatnot. Um, and I like to do no watch runs with my athletes. They can wear a watch, but I don't want them looking at their watch. I don't want them worrying about the pace. I want them a hundred percent to be focusing on that inner voice and paying attention to, to the, their, their muscles and how their muscles are reacting when it hits the ground, you know, paying attention to the thoughts that are coming to their head, into their head while they're, you know, eight miles into a 12 mile run or whatever. And I, I kind of want them to just learn how to, how to drown all that stuff out, you know, drown out the, the things of the world that are always trying to put you down, you know, drowned out the, the comments and the kudos on Strava and just run for, for the love of it, you know, run and, and enjoy it and have, and just find that piece of like, you know, listen to the sounds around you, you know, listen, you know, to your foot hitting the ground, you know, feel those muscles and those, those bones and how they're transitioning when you're hitting the ground and different things and, and really get to know who you are as a person, because, you know, your, your body and your mind will talk to you if you give it the time. I, I feel like in, in the, in our world that we live in, there's, we're, we're so busy all the time and doing so many things all the time that sometimes we never take time to just sit down and reflect and ponder on things and have a little bit of peace and quiet every now and then and just in the, and realize and kind of see who we are and see what our mind and our body is trying to tell us. And so, yeah, I like to do these no watch days is what I call them, but that's what I kind of tell my athletes is, is on this day, you know, this is an easy run. I just want you to go out there and, and see who you are as a person and find and, and really what I just said, you know, do all those things to, to really understand yourself as an athlete and as a runner and, and find out why you love doing this. Um, so that's one thing that you can implement, I guess, into your training. Um, I think the one thing that David does for me, that's amazing. And, you know, everybody looks at me as a, as an ultra runner and, and as a professional, you know, an elite ultra runner. And they think I have the most confidence in the world, you know, like, oh, he has to have confidence. Like he's an elite, but to be honest with you, I still need confidence, you know, and, and David does that. He, inst he instills this confidence in his athletes. He's always putting us up, you know, telling us how amazing we are and, and how special we are and the things that we can do. And, and he's always looking beyond and being like, man, because of this workout you did today, this is what I feel like you can do at this race. And you're an amazing person. You know, you're not just a runner. You're a, you're an awesome dad. You're an awesome husband. And, and it really gives me confidence because it's, it's just good to hear things from people sometimes, you know, it's, it's good to, 
to have people tell you, you know, that you're a, that you're an awesome person. And, and I think every person elite or back of the packer, everything needs to hear those things. They need to hear how awesome of a person there they are. There's, there's no room for negative comments. There, there's no room for, for being negative in anything. You know, you should always be positive. And that's what David is, is he's always positive and he's always making you feel like you are just the king of the world, that you are a superhero. And it's, it's awesome to have that, that feeling. Beautiful. The masterclass. How would, if somebody wanted to, uh, Rob always does this, uh, and he's in CUME, but how do people find you on, uh, out there? If people want to, I don't know if you're still taking, you're taking clients as coaching. Do, do, do you want to give people out any information about how they find you and get your, get your mastery one-on-one? You could, you could probably, uh, Give us whatever information that is, although everybody knows how to find you probably, but tell us anyway. Oh, thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm still taking a few clients. I have a few openings uh, left, and um, it's hawksrunning.com. Pretty easy. My last name, Hawks, H-A-W-K-S, running.com. And, yeah, you can get on there. Um, there's a link to my email. You can send me an email anytime. Um, you can also sign up on the website and see what I offer as a coach. Um but also, yeah, I mean, you can send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. I'm pretty open. I try to, to uh, talk to everybody as that, that I can. And, uh, yeah, I mean, any anytime anybody wants to send me a message or ask me a question about something, like, feel free to do so, and, and I'll try to help you out as much as I can. Can I, can I just say how much I appreciate that, Hayden? Like, it's borderline full-time job replying to every message you get, but um, – it's rare that someone, you know, I don't know, you've won CCC, you're, you're a huge, you know, figure within ultra running to actually get a response from you is awesome. And, um, it's meaningful and appreciated. So, and, and those are minutes and hours, uh, that you devote to that. So that's really cool that you do that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm perfect, but I try, you know, I, I like to treat other people as, as I would like to be treated. And so exactly. So I'll finish this episode, throwing it to Greg, Greg, I'll let you conclude however you want. I mean, if you want to, however you want to finish, this is your episode. You made, you know, a tremendous donation to pediatric cancer research and I'm, yeah, I'm very grateful. So let's, Let's hear how, however you want to finish up the episode. It's, uh, it's your call. I, I don't think you could do any better than Hayden's own words. I mean, be in service to others. Uh, don't just be a runner. And when you run, pay attention. Pay attention to yourself. Don't allow in the negative thinking. I mean, in, in Hayden posted, and I'm sure you're probably a reader, you know, Paul Coelho, what is it you want and what do you see with your, with your eyes open? You have to have a place you want to go. And Hayden, you're a, you're a tremendous inspiration to people uh, who are runners and who are not runners in the different roles that we have. So I appreciate both of you. Um, cancer is pernicious a word. I don't even know what it means, but I know it's not a good word. And, um, I, uh, I think we all need to make sure we take some time outside of ourselves to, to, to give to things that are 
uh, are, are need research. And uh, Rob, I commend you for, for running this 401k for cancer. And thank you both for your time and for the opportunity to chat. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, guys. Hayden, thank you for your time. Greg, thank you also. And we'll have Greg on again here to help help me co-host an episode with Courtney DeWalter. Um, Thank you both, guys. Truly appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Greg. Hope to go for a run with you guys one of these days. I'm in L.A. If if any of you are ever here, um, you know, I'm at uh, G-A-R-U-T-C-H. Just shoot me a message and I'd love to love to catch your water (laughs) (laughs) awesome thank you guys and that was episode 115 of the training for ultra podcast thank you again to greg and hayden for their time thank you to the podcast supporters hammer nutrition sufferfest beer destination trail ultimate direction and exoskin if you're interested 2020 we're going to have possibly a new ad model um so reach out training for ultra at gmail.com if you're interested in an ad spot yeah we have some uh exciting things coming up and just appreciate you guys so when you get out there and i'm not saying this this is straight from hayden's mouth don't forget to enjoy your training have a good week yeah i mean i'll tell you about it when it happened in the race but to be honest with you it happened even before the race um it happened in the training 